Well, it is good to see you today. Thanks for coming. I, uh, I'm just so glad you're here. At the middle of the night, the trains were going by our house, and typically I'm pretty annoyed by all the trains that go by our house. But I actually began to thank God for them because I knew that we would have toilet paper another week, you know, and uh, it's a good thing when the trains are still running. So praise the Lord. It's a good day. Hey, you know, it's really important that you fill out the connection card, and I'll tell you why. Most of you are connected, but some of you might not be, and you will want to be connected in a, in, a, in a deep way over the next several weeks as we're trying to honor, you know, our governor and the choice that he's made, of course, to keep us all safe and practice to social distancing, so we're going to follow those things. You know, yesterday was interesting because we had a wedding here, and there were 400 people on the guest list. Imagine that, and yeah, sure enough, the bride and groom, the bridal party had to get on their phones, and they had to ask 100 people to not show up, 150 people to not come, so aren't you glad um, you didn't have to make those calls? And uh, so anyway, it has changed a lot, but the good news is we had a lot of pie left over, and I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed that. But we are going to practice uh, social distancing. We really believe, you know, here's what the deal is. Romans 15 encourages us, the strong, to consider the weak, right? The strong consider the weak. And so that can be played out in a number of different ways. And you might be feeling strong and not so weak, but there are others who are. So we want to honor that, as most churches are. So this will be kind of our, our, one of our last gatherings for a little bit. But you know what I love about this is that as Audrey was just, ansel, an, she was just asking me, are we canceling Easter? And the answer is no, right? There's no way you can cancel Easter. People tried to do that already. And you just can't cancel Easter. Amen, church? And Easter's not canceled. I, I, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. It may not happen definitely in, this, in these pews, but it's happening. Because you can't cancel church either. You might be able to cancel gatherings, but the church is not canceled. Amen? And so we are more beautiful, amen, we are more beautiful outside these walls even than we are inside. And I'm looking for ways in which we can serve our population and serve our community. And so I hope that's why you'll stay engaged. Stay engaged with us. As a matter of fact, many of you are going to come to a wonderful lunch that we had planned today about the Holy Spirit, and our special speaker was going to come. It was going to be grand. We're going to delay that a bit, so we're not having that today. If you are hoping to come, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, I'll buy you lunch somewhere else if you need, but we have a lot of lasagna to give away now, and you know what? We're going to do that. Tuesday night community dinners. We're going to give away a lot of lasagna. We're going to shift things up to honor and to keep people safe. We're going to go to to-go meals, to-go meals on all of our community dinners in Chehalis and Centralia, and uh, we're going to kind of take a delay on Bucota. We're going to close that one down for a little bit, and those people are pretty understanding, but, but we're just going to do some things smart, and uh, we've closed down our learning center for the sake of children, and uh, we're going to serve our community. As a matter of fact, we're doing some other unique things with our learning center space. We thought we'd get in there and paint it a little bit while we're closed down, and uh, as a matter of fact, even if you're not coming next Sunday here, let me tell you about next weekend. If you're not coming next Sunday, we invite you to experience an online gathering with us. And it's easy. Just go to Facebook, uh, our Facebook page, and pull it up at 9 o'clock. 
or 10, 1045, whichever gathering you like to, to be a part of, and we're going to have a full worship experience and connect with you through the, the Word of God. So I hope you'll, you'll check that out. Make sure you're connected on that. But here's an alternative for you. If you want to come next weekend, how about Saturday? We're doing a work day, and we're doing deep cleaning here, okay? So uh, nothing says we can't do that and show up and, and go through our seats and our pews and the pews are pews, you know, so they need to be cleaned. And uh, so we're going to clean and we're going to take care of the house of God and we're going to do some painting and just make good use of, of the time that we have. And uh, so I, I hope you'll fill out that card. Let us know how we can connect with you. Um, so glad that you're here today. Um, and next week we'll just look, at, look a little bit different, but the church is not canceled, right? Uh, this will be a great time. You know, it's a great time to see what the church can be without buildings, right? What does it look like without buildings? And uh, you know, in China, they're already under these kinds of rules and regulations. And what I know about this is that in China, the church is flourishing. It's not just surviving, it's thriving. And what would it look like if our faith is more beautiful outside than it is inside? So I hope you'll come and be a part of it. It was a great week this week. We had uh, fresh market distribution yesterday. People came, you know, people are still hungry, so we're gonna still feed them. We're gonna love them in Jesus' name. And there was a picture I think we have of just folks who re received that. It was wonderful. Our cold weather shelter is happening. I think it's 70 nights it's been open, and there's still another 10 days of cold weather to come. Uh, over 1,400 bed nights at the cold weather shelter. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. And all you have been a part of that. That is so huge, so significant. So thank you for serving. And here's an update on the tractor, because you've been giving. You've been giving to a tractor that needs to be delivered down in Honduras, a little, a big orphanage, 120 kids, several acres on their property. Why do we need to send this tractor? Because theirs doesn't work. And they need to mow a field, a soccer field, where Poisonous snakes come into the grass if you let the grass grow. How about that? Where they have to dig holes to dump their garbage because they don't have a landfill. They need a tractor. Where they have to grade the road because otherwise in the monsoon weathers, that road becomes muddy and the kids have to walk to the bus or the bus stop in mud. They need a tractor. And what you did is you stepped up and we found this tractor. As a matter of fact, a gentleman in our church said, I will, I will give this tractor or let this tractor be purchased by the church. And so we are buying that. I just want you to know it's pretty cool when the God's people step up. And not only that, but the other project is the Guatemala City that we're building a women's shelter in the heart and in the center of Guatemala City where it's, it's a huge problem for sex trafficking. And we're going to try to bring those women out of sex trafficking, those young girls, and give them jobs, give them education, give them Jesus. How about that? So we're raising, yeah, amen. We're raising... $10,000 for the tractor, $10,000 for the Guatemala City. If you haven't given toward it, you can just give toward it and just say, this is going into the missions project. That's all you have to say. Uh, it's going to go to one of those things. Here's the good news. We're, we're, over, we're over, I think, $17,000 already to that goal. Isn't that cool? Isn't that great? God is good. And so this week, here it is. Here's Dave and some of the other guys. They got the tractor into the John Deere dealer. Uh, it's being serviced. Um, we've, we're adding some things to it, painting it up, making it 
just ready to go and get onto that semi. It's going to be delivered down there to Honduras. Look at that. They added some extra reinforcements to the bucket, painted some things. We're putting a crate inside it with some extra parts because parts are hard to get in Honduras. Some extra oil and hydraulic fluid and all of that stuff. And so it's going to be a wonderful story as it gets shipped down to Honduras heart to heart. And so thank you for giving. Thank you for honoring Jesus. This will be one of the last times we'll pass the plate (laughs) for a while. Can I just say this? Thank you for you who give online because it's one of the best ways you can give and continue to give uh, and sustained giving, reoccurring giving. And so it doesn't mean you can't come by the church and drop off your offering, but next week it's going to be tough for you to do that through your internet. um, But the best way you can do it is just go to our website, and it's real easy. Click the buttons and uh, give as the Lord has given to you. That's all we're asking. Be generous to the Lord for the work that God's done in your life and just respond back to him. So the ushers are gonna receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Um, for the next several weeks though, I'm just asking you to be faithful as many of you are. You are faithful and you give reoccurring, sustained gifts and let's honor Jesus through our generous giving together. Amen. Amen. Let's pray, would you, before we give. Jesus, we thank you that you've given to us. God, thank you that we have more than enough. In this land that we live, you have blessed us with more than we need. And so I'm praying, Jesus, that what we will do is we will give to you, Lord, in the same way you've given to us, generously. Father, thank you. Um, Just pour it out on us, Lord. And uh, Father, I thank you that um, you're going to sustain your church and your kingdom over the several weeks, possibly, that we're not in this gathering. But we know, Father, that you are on the throne, and we can trust you. And um, so, Father, thank you again for faithful people. And our missions, pledges, all the ways that we give, Jesus, thank you. And uh, we just offer these gifts to you in Jesus' good name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. So um, I just want to say one of the kind of a cool thing because it's so exciting. And this last week, something very special happened. There's a group of people that you haven't even met, and they have been meeting downtown Centralia. Um, they're a group of people that are Hispanic. And this last week, they came to us and they said, we've been borrowing your building for a while. Our group is growing. We want to be the first Bethel Hispanic congregation in our area, right? (laughs) So I said, let me pray about that. Amen. And so this last Tuesday, here standing in this picture is your board members, our, our leadership team, embracing a number of families from our community, Hispanic. So it will not be in English. Their service and their gathering will be in Spanish. So spread the word. It's begun, right? It has started, and it's meeting downtown, and uh, there will be more information about that. Actually, they meet on a Saturday night currently, so that, that's kind of what's cool about this group. And as they grow, uh, that could change. But anyway, you can tell your friends about this. This is exciting, isn't it? It's not every week you get to launch a new congregation, right, into the Hispanic community, and I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled about it, right? So um, congratulations to all of that and all of those who are, are part of this, so it's pretty, pretty exciting. Well, you know, I don't know, I, I look at this opportunity, and I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles in a minute, because 
We're going to digress just a little bit out of our Acts series, but we're still going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. And um, I am preaching the circuit today, just letting you know I'm doing the circuit, which means when I'm done here, I'm going to have to go downtown. I won't be around in the lobby to kind of answer questions. But if you have questions, please, you can email me, connect with me. Our office is going to be open. Everybody's going to be here. The pastors are going to be serving you over the next several weeks, even though we're not meeting in in a normal kind of a way but you can connect with us and we want to connect with you and follow up with you and be calling on you and all those kinds of things. But I am doing the circuit today, and, uh, but we're going to end with some worship and response and it's going to be about the Holy Spirit because here, here's what I know. Um, there's going to be a crisis one day that's going to be bigger than this, but guess what? We're, we're all going to miss that one, Right? Uh, it's going to shut down freeways, and it's going to shut down uh, schools, and it's going to shut down airports because, you know, what do you do when, the, when suddenly your, your plane's flying and then both pilots go to heaven or something? I don't know. I'm not sure how that all will play out, but we don't have to be here. And, you know, what? by the way, when that happens, whoever wants this property, they can have it, right? Because we won't need it anymore. So that's, that's a good thing. But in the meantime... I really am looking at this opportunity in, in a crisis like we see here today. It reminds me a lot, um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Mount St. Helens. And I don't know about, about you, but I um, look back 40 years, 1980, and some of you were still around this community, some of you weren't, but my wife was graduating from this community, and some of you remember proms got canceled, school got canceled, and it put... Um, a, a spin on life for a time. And actually, some of those things can be really healthy because it makes us sober up and it makes us think about what is really important. I mean, here we are on a day called the National Day of Prayer by our president. <laughs> Come on. Who would have thought that would have happened a couple weeks ago? But here we are. And I couldn't be, in, in, a, in a way, I'm not scared, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. And that might be, you might kind of find that puzzling, but I go, but I'm thinking, why not a spiritual awakening? Why not? And when that mountain blew and it erupted, it, it made our population think about things differently You know, what if the mountain blows? What if it affects me? What if that ash comes and asphyxiates me? 57 people lost their life in that eruption through different causes. But today, I believe the world has become sober. Solomon said it's better to be in the house of mourning than in a wedding like we had yesterday. Because he said in Funerals, people are sober. And in times like this, the world all of a sudden isn't thinking about mariners as much. And they're not thinking about sports or the final four. They're they're thinking about more important things. And there's a sobering, and I don't know about you, but I enjoy talking much more to sober people than not sober people. So yesterday, I was telling Annie, I was having a conversation with a gentleman who doesn't have a faith yet. One of our local officers, law enforcement. And we're having this conversation. And, and he is starting to probe, like, how is this going to play out? And I begin to point out 
the ways in which the people that he knows who have faith don't have to walk in fear, that it's different for us. It's just different, and we're gonna talk about that today because we are in a world that is beginning to sober up and in that moment, I believe there's an opportunity for us to engage in conversation like we've never had before and ask questions. And not that we have to have every answer, but Jesus is our answer. So the world sobers up in times of crisis, and we begin to think different. Thoughts become to, are, are, are different. We start thinking about heaven. We start thinking less about other things. We start thinking about our mortality. And where is God in these moments? And God is always in these moments. If you look back into history, you'll find that there were other, even in the first and second, third century, there were plagues. They didn't have hospitals. They didn't have medical centers. And in these plagues, who was it who took care of people, who rushed into the city when Jerusalem had these massive plagues that were sweeping through the population and people were dying? It was the Christians. Christians extended them, themselves. They risked their own lives in those moments. In a sense, they were, they were fearless. And I, I'm wondering today... God always has used the crisis to draw us to himself. He's always used those things. And you think of 9-11, and Brian, you wrote a great piece on that. Thank you. You need to go read Brian Mitke's piece. Uh, yeah, isn't that great? Fabulous. Great perspective of September 12th. He kind of refers to September 12th, the day after. Because that's when the world got sober. And we're living in that sort of moment today, uh, September 12th moment, where I believe um, people are thinking differently, acting differently, behaving differently, and life has suddenly changed, and it's an opportunity for us as Christ followers, because here, you look at me, many of you probably would say, I don't know anybody with the disease, Maybe you do. I know a couple people who have actually been affected, and praise God, by the one, the one has come through it, and she's doing really well. One of our friends, a co-pastor, amen. She's doing really well, Lori Neary. That's a praise. But here's the thing. We all know somebody who has a fear of the disease, right? We all know that. So there's where the opportunity comes to, for us, and the conversation can happen for us to engage A.W. Tozer gave this, he, he made this statement, and I want to give you this statement today, and I think it's just, it's been haunting to me. And here's what A.W. Tozer said. He said this, a scared world needs a fearless church. A scared world needs a fearless church. And I was thinking, what does he really mean by that? And when I kind of dwelled on that thought a little bit, my mind immediately went to Paul's words in Philippians 1.21. If you remember what Paul said, Paul said for me to, to live is what? Is Christ. And for me to die is what? What did he say? It's gain. How do you get to that point of being fearless? I'm not talking about being unwise, but I'm talking about being fearless. And I think it has everything to do with our, our faith and how do we face our own mortality, our own lives. Fear has the ability to sober us up. And, and so I want to just share this quick story, and then we're going we're to look at, at the Gospel of John just for a few moments. 
But there's a story in there, and I shared a little bit about this this last week. Uh, Jesus is in a boat with his, uh, his posse there. They're in a boat. Terrible storm starts up on the lake. Jesus is sleeping in the boat. You, mo- you know the story. It's found in Matthew 8. You don't have to go there, but, but Jesus is in there, the boat. He's sleeping, and they wake him, and they say, Jesus, wake up. We're going to drown. Do you remember that story? We are going to drown. And how does Jesus respond to this group of disciples? And we have the story in Matthew 8, 26. Jesus said this, why are you afraid? He just asked this question, why are you afraid? And then he goes on to say, oh, you of little, what does he say? Faith. Then Jesus does something. He rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Now, Jesus rebuked the disciples for their fear and their lack of faith. If I was in a boat in a big storm, it seems like being afraid would be a natural response, right? And yet, even so, Jesus doesn't give them a pass. You would think Jesus would give them a pass on that. You're in a small boat, big storm, yeah, you're gonna be afraid. But Jesus doesn't even give them a pass. He says, why are you afraid? He gets in their face. Why are you afraid? I'm with you. Now, I, I go back just a few weeks to being in the ocean on our vacation with my wife, and we had a wonderful time. But here's the thing you got to know about me. I'm not such a good swimmer. When I'm out in the ocean, I'm a little afraid. I'll just tell you that. I'm, I'm a little scaredy cat out there. But there's one thing that helps me, and I'll show you what it is. This thing really helps me. Um, you know what this is? It's called the lanyard. And when I am, you, you hook this up under your arm or your, your ankle, and then you hook it up to your wife. <laughs> Do you know why? Because she's a great swimmer, and I'm not. True story. Actually, we hook it up to the paddleboard, but she's on the paddleboard, okay? But true story, I tell you what, I feel completely different when I'm in the ocean with this. Jesus is telling us the same thing. I am connected to you. Why are you afraid? Why? It's powerful when you see, and in this context, Jesus is saying, I am connected to you. I want you to go to John chapter 14. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to read just a few verses. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I hope you'll take this and study this this week perhaps. Matter of fact, there's lots of great things you could do when you're not uh, at work or when you got the kids. I encourage you, you could read through some Psalms. That would be a great place to go. Psalms 91 would be a fantastic Psalm to read. Uh, Pastor Jeannie's got a, a, a list of, there's 19 verses. If you're hanging out with your kids this week and not sure what to do, how about memorize a verse a day for 19 days? We got some lists of 19 verses. Parents, I just hope you'll just step up. I was so thrilled to see a number of parents who said, we're taking this challenge. They got to the library and checked out a bunch of great books and uh, found some great reading. And I just love that parents are saying, yeah, I'm called to also be a teacher. That's what you signed up for when you're a parent. So lean into that and do those things, and maybe, and maybe catch up on your Bible reading. That might be a great thing. I love what Brian said. Limit yourself to Facebook. 
Limit yourself. Set a timer and call somebody on the phone. Talk to somebody. Say, I'm praying for you. How are you doing? I think that would be a great way to engage some free minutes rather than let the media continue to, to fill your mind. So let me just read a couple of verses here. This is so important, and I'll tell you why. These are the words Jesus spoke just before he departed. He was about to leave. He'd spent three years with his friends. He knows he's going to leave, but before he leaves, he tells them these things. So these are departing words. We listen to departing words, don't we? Like, not, not words like, I'm going to see you in 10 days. Words like, I'm not going to see you again in this lifetime. You'll listen to those. So that's why I thought this would be such a great text. And I wasn't even kind of thinking of this. Not that you and I are not going to see each other again, but it's going to be a while. And I thought this might make the most sense to have this text be a message that we just dwell on for a few minutes before you and I see face to face for a few weeks. I don't know how long. But that's where Jesus is. And here's what Jesus told him. And I love this. Chapter 14, what does he say? Verse one, let not your hearts be troubled. He starts with that. Let not your hearts. In other words, don't be afraid. Where's your faith? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. And then he goes on to tell them why. And I love this. He goes right into it. For in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would have I told you that. I go to prepare a place for you. In other words, I would have told you. And so I go and prepare a place for you, and I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And he goes on from there. But he, he makes sure that you understand, don't let your hearts be troubled. There's a place I've prepared for you. This isn't your home. There's another home for you. We're going to change addresses one more time, and it's going to be forever. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You know, Jesus never promised us life without trouble. But he did promise we would have untroubled hearts. Untroubled hearts. We're living in troubled times, amen, right? But he said, don't let your heart be disturbed, anxious, troubled. And then we're going to jump down to some other verses here, and I love this. He goes on down to verse 27. Listen to verse 27, what he says. And I'm skipping a bunch there. I hope you'll fill in the blanks, but just for sake of time, let me leave you with this. He says this, verse 27. He's talking to them, but, but to Philip particularly. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Not as the world gives. In other words, he's gonna say, the world offers a different kind of peace. The world offers a peace that says, avoid it. <laughs> the world offers a peace that says, escape it. The world offers a peace that says, run from it, don't let it get you. Jesus offers a peace, not as the world gives. Shalom was a common thing to say in that culture. Shalom, which means peace. What Jesus is saying, that's very common for you to hear somebody else say shalom. He says, I'm not telling you just shalom. I'm not telling you in a casual way, peace be to you. 
He's saying, I'm, I'm telling you the peace I give to you is a peace that passes understanding, that rests in your heart when the world is at trouble, when there's trouble around you, when there's viruses, when others are afraid, when others are panicked. There's a peace that I give to you, not as the world. And then he goes on to verse 27, and he says, verse B, Uh, 27b, let not your hearts be, what does it say? Troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Neither let them be afraid. Earlier in this chapter in verse 16, verse 16, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The NLT reads it this way. Let me just read these few verses. Verse 16, I will ask the Father, Jesus says, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus is saying to this group of people, hey, you must know this. I am leaving you, but there's an advocate coming. That word, it means another person just like me. When I leave, he's coming and he will bring everything you need and he will do everything you need. Jesus had no inheritance or fortune to leave his followers, but he left them this. He left them the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and the peace of Jesus himself. That's what he left them. Jesus says, why do you need the Holy Spirit? Because what I've been doing for you, now the Holy Spirit is gonna do for you. What I've been doing for you, he's coming to do for you. That's good news, folks, isn't it? Isn't that good news? Listen, we have not been saved from something, but we have been saved for something. For something. I want to end with this illustration, and then the band's going to come. We're going to worship. I want you to respond. But uh, the other day, I had the opportunity to take a sponge and go out and wash the car. Anybody use a sponge to wash the car? And uh, I tell you, when you wash the car, you know that you gotta get the sponge wet. So does anybody do this? And it looks pretty ridiculous, right? I could be here all day trying to keep this thing hydrated. Isn't it true? Washing the car, a little at a time, like an inch, right? Spritzing the car. Now, that's one way to get the water in the sponge. But there's a better way. And Jesus said, I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit because you've got a job to do. You can try to do it this way. You can try to get a little bit of Holy Spirit in you as best you can on Sunday mornings. Kyle, keep going because I need a little more spritzing. Or you can do this. And when you've got a job to do, when you've got a community to love, when you are walking in a place that you need a little more faith, did you know that faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit? Did you know that kindness, love, joy, self-control are gifts of the Holy Spirit? 
So church, I'm leaving you with this word. Jesus said, I'm sending you another. And I go, he comes. It's better that I go that he comes because the Holy Spirit won't just be beside you. The Holy Spirit will be in you, in you. Would you bow your heads? Let's pray together. We're gonna worship and respond because I want to worship and respond and say, Holy Spirit, we need you today. We need you here. We need you now. Lord, never before, Lord, just to be the parent that we need to be, the grandparent we need to be, the boss we need to be, the neighbor we need to be. Jesus, we need you to baptize us in the Holy Spirit We don't want to just be spritzed. We want to be immersed in you. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you today. Would you come? Would you fill us? Lord, would you immerse us into the Holy Spirit? For God, there is such an amazing opportunity for us who are followers of Jesus to bring not, not more solutions to the virus, But the answer is Jesus, just to bring more hope to people's lives. So do that, I pray today. Through us, your people, as we have gathered here, I'm grateful that wherever we go, whether it's on the steps of the Capitol like we did this last week, Lord, wherever we gather, it's in our living room, you are there. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. May we find ourselves immersing ourselves and filling ourselves with the Holy Spirit to do the job you have for us as your followers.